Back in 2010, my husband Tommy and my son Martin and I went to, Ober to the Oberammergau Passion Play in Oberammergau, uh, Germany, uh, which was high, high in the Bavarian Alps. Um, and uh, as you may know, uh, the Oberammergau Passion Play started in the 1630s uh, when the villagers there struck a bargain with God. If God would uh, spare them the bubonic plague, which God did, then every 10 years they would perform the Passion of Christ uh, before an audience. Uh, so we sat there listening to six hours of, of play in German, and uh, uh, we were with an international audience in an outdoor theater with snow. Uh, it was very nice, but one thing that we realized, because the whole thing was in German and barely intelligible, we know the story, and we, we knew the story well. And this evening, we also know the story. Yesterday, we witnessed the triumphant entry into Jerusalem, but tonight we are at Lazarus's house. We know this week that we're going to see betrayal, cruelty, suffering, death, sadness, denial, unconditional love, and resurrection. We know that this is a story about the triumph of love over fear. The late Jesuit priest and psychotherapist, Anthony DeMello, asserted that there are only two energies that are in play in all human interactions. Those two energies are love and fear. So with tonight's gospel reading, I asked myself, is each verse about love or is it about fear? So let's read the scripture very quickly here. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, the home, uh, the home of Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. They gave a dinner for him. So we see Jesus here having dinner with his close friends, and we know that Jesus has raised Lazarus from the dead, which is a pretty amazing feat. Does this seem to be a story about love or about fear? We presume love, yes. Mary took a pound of costly perfume, anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Isn't that beautiful? About love or about fear? Love. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray Jesus, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? He said this, not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He kept the common purse and used to steal what was put into it. Is this about love or fear? Fear. When the great crowd of Jews learned that he was there, they came not only because of Jesus, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. Love or fear? Love, but we know that this is going to turn into fear because the crowd is uh, fickle. So the chief priests planned to put Lazarus to death as well, since it was on account of him that many of the Jews were deserting and believing in Jesus. Love or fear? Fear. Yes, clearly the chief, chief priests felt threatened by Jesus, so that is fear. Like us, Jesus lived in an era when fear was rampant. When I was in seminary, I took a course in rabbinic Judaism, and it was a course uh, through which we were looking at Jesus' world. Sixty-three years before Jesus' birth, the Judeans invited the Romans into Judea in order to curtail the threat of Egypt. Now, you need to remember here, of course, that Ju Judea is where Jewish people were living. Jerusalem is in Judea, 
and Jesus is operating in a Jewish, Jewish world. Also, most of the nations of that region really wanted to control Judea because it was on the Mediterranean, and if they controlled that land, they controlled the Mediterranean, which was a powerful position in the world. So we have Judea inviting, uh, the Judeans inviting in the Romans. The Romans very quickly became a cruel occupying force. And at the time that Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, the Romans feared insurrection and were actively killing Jews. So this is Jesus's world. By the time Jesus was tried before Pontius Pilate, full-scale guerrilla fighting had erupted. We have here fear, fear, and more fear. After Jesus' death, actually only 33 years after Jesus' death, the Judean rebels defeated the Romans, which was amazing, and they took charge of Jerusalem. But that was very short-lived because four years later, the Romans came in and completely destroyed Jerusalem, and they torched the uh, second temple, which was the holy of the holies to the Jewish people. And the Jewish people, many of them, were forced into exile all over the region. So Jesus lived in a chaotic era with a lot of political turmoil. The repressive Roman regime induced fear. The Jews of Jesus' lifetime anticipated the arrival of a Messiah who would liberate them from this turmoil and from suffering, who would restore order and justice as well as Judean rule. Some scholars believe that Judas Iscariot was a Jew involved in the anti-Roman insurgency, and perhaps he was stealing money from Jesus and his disciples to fund the rebellion. We're not sure, but that is a possibility. Jesus was definitely not the Messiah that Judas was expecting, and Judas betrayed him. Jesus was not the, the Messiah that the crowd was expecting, and the crowd demanded, demanded Jesus' death. Jesus was not the Messiah that the chief of, chief of priests were expecting, and of course they wanted to kill him. Jesus was the Messiah that the Roman power brokers feared, but he was not the Messiah who would restore Jewish rule. The Romans executed Jesus as they did all other revolutionaries of that period, by crucifixion. And although Jesus' teaching was revolutionary, he was not a revolutionary, and unlike many of his era, he wasn't beholden to either Rome or to, Judea, to the Judean insurgency. He offered another way of being in the world, a new way of being. Jesus lived in an era of fear, cruelty, and chaos, yet he was a Messiah who exemplified love. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. As we walk the Holy Week journey this week, let us ask, what does Jesus teach us about living in chaotic times? Jesus teaches us about love. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love. We know the lessons. Many of us have heard them our whole lives. Love for God, love for neighbor, love for the lost sheep who has strayed from the flock, love for the hungry, love for the homeless, love for the naked, love for the sick, love for those who are in prison, love for the poor, love for those who mourn, for those who are weak, and for those who seek righteousness. Interestingly, Mohandas Gandhi, uh, who's known as the father of India and the leader of the independence movement there back in the uh, 30s and 40s, uh, used the teachings of, of Jesus, actually the Sermon on the Mount, 
to come up with his idea of love force, satyagraha. Uh, the impl implementation of love force resulted in the independence of the Indian people from British colonial rule. That's another homily. We're not going to get into that tonight. Uh, uh, but let me say that the teachings of Jesus offer a lot of power, even while living uh, and lifting up powerlessness. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. So love them anyway. Rejoice and be glad, because your reward transcends human pettiness, polarization, negativity, anger, and hatred. These are all fear-based states of being. Your reward is from God, and that, and that reward is love. Jesus and modern neuroscientists know that love is the antidote to fear. So I have an assignment for you this week, for Holy Week, and the assignment is this. In every interaction you have this week, and maybe two when you're listening to the news, listen carefully and ask yourself, is this about love or is it about fear? If it is about love, then rejoice and be glad and cultivate more love. It's, if it's about fear, then love them anyway. Then rejoice and be glad and cultivate more love. This week, so cultivate love, that's my message here. This week, we walk the way of love, and in doing so, we transform fear into love and death into life. This is our resurrection journey. By cultivating love in my heart, I allow everyone around me to flourish. By cultivating love in our hearts, we allow everyone around us to flourish. So rejoice and be glad. May we exemplify Christ's love this week as we walk the path of betrayal, jeering crowds, death, and resurrection. Our story this week is a story about the triumph of love. Hallelujah and amen.